Food is fuel for your body, your mind, and definitely your sport. But let's face it, nutrition is confusing and the expectations on girls and women to be thin and have a six pack are exhausting. If you've ever been frustrated with your body, confused about nutrition, obsessed with eating healthy or guilty when you don't, underate, overate, or overtrained and overwhelmed with all the pressure, then this podcast is for you. Nutrition can be easy. You can take control of it, but it might start with letting go of control by asking for help and making a change. I'm Lindsay Elizabeth Cortez, sports dietitian and owner of Rise Up Nutrition, where I empower female athletes to overcome nutrition concerns and perform at their highest level to stop being confused by all the mixed or harmful messages and finally have confidence in your body as a fierce, fit, and fueled female athlete. Hi fans, welcome to the Female Athlete Nutrition Podcast. My guest today is Dr. Carly Cossey. She is a sports chiropractor, a certified strength and conditioning specialist, pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, and a level two CrossFit coach. More importantly, she is a mom to two who is ridiculously passionate about helping postpartum athletes and moms-to-be restore their bodies and move with confidence. This obsession led Carly to establish Jen and Carrie, a postpartum activewear brand for athletes, and create her wildly successful postpartum restoration plan. Beyond being a mom and a competitive fitness lover, she has spent the last 17 years of her life studying the human body and learning how it moves. Earning her doctorate in chiropractic and a master's in human biology were just a start. She doesn't plan to stop learning anytime soon. She's a certified in the Webster Technique and Birth Fit and has served as the team chiropractor for the Seattle Seawolves and as the local medical director for AVP Seattle. So Carly, thank you so much for joining. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where when I started this podcast for female athlete nutrition, personally, I had our, our female athletes of, of all age ranges, but like there's a, a sweet spot in my heart for our high school, college athletes, competitive athletes as well. And then it's like been so cool. Cause I'm like, all right, like female athlete is not just a high school athlete. Female athlete <laughs> is the mom athlete, the aging athlete, the menopausal athlete. And so it's been so nice mm-hmm. to have other like experts come in like yourself that you focus on, you know, moms and postpartum. And I know one of your slogans is every mom is an athlete, which I love. Yeah. 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 We came up with that. My business partner, Jess and I, it means a couple of different things to us. Like one, it means that, you know, you can do all the things that you want to do as a mom. You know, being a mom is such a rewarding, as you know, a very rewarding job. And I love it, but it's not all I am. You know, I was a college athlete. I was a high, you know, highly competitive CrossFit athlete. And, and I wanted to, to be those things. And I wanted to encourage other women if they wanted to get back to those things, whatever it is, you know, running, weightlifting, all kinds of crazy stuff, uh, that, that they can do that. And, and just because they're a mom doesn't change anything, you know? Mm-hmm. And then also it means to us, like being a mom just in and of itself takes a lot of athleticism, you know, like mm-hmm. you, first of all, I talk about birth, right? That's the most athletic endeavor that most of us will ever go through, right? So yeah. there's that. And then there's like the daily life of like, 
you know, picking up a 25 pound car seat and lowering it down and boosting it into your car and like, you know, lowering your baby down into a crib, which is like a hinge pattern. And so there's all these things that we talk about that are like important for moms to be able to do and move freely and, you know, with strength and confidence. And so that was, that was kind of where our slogan came from. Totally. And I'm, I'm resonating with this so hard right now because as athletic as I was prior to having a baby, I've, I've been hit since having Gabe and who's almost six months right now. He's a week away from that with like all these new aches and pains, specifically in my wrists and in my fingers, because I'm holding this now 18 pound baby all the time. And, and he wiggles a lot and I'm getting all of these pains. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to take care of my wrists and my fingers way more than I ever did before because my sport for the last few years has been running. Did I pay attention to my wrists? No. (laughs) Yeah, I that's one that really that catches a lot of women by surprise actually. There's a couple pieces. One is that you're still nursing, I know, and so yeah. you still have relaxin in your system, you know, until you're done nursing. And so when women are talking about, you know, getting back to you know, where they were before or trying to build back strength, I always just caution them like, yeah, we can get you really, really close. We can get you, we can work on stability. We can work on mobility. We can do a lot of things. But realistically, until you're done nursing, there's that last little piece that things are going to be a little more unstable than they were prior, you know? Yeah. And then the other thing is, yeah, that mommy wrist, the mommy elbow, that's so real. Like I try to start with patients in my office when they're still pregnant, doing some like wrist roller exercises and stuff because just in preparation for that and preparing for it Mm -hmm. because people are like ready for like low back pain, you know, from being pregnant, right? Yeah. Neck pain from nursing or upper back because you're like hunched forward so much. But the wrists and the thumbs especially are, people are not ready for it. So yeah, those, if you can strengthen some of like the forearm flexors and extensors with Mm -hmm. some eccentric, concentric loading, that's usually, that can be helpful. So yeah, I got to start working on all of that because I'm feeling that for sure. And since we're just going with this, yeah, what are some of the yeah. other, you mentioned neck, lower back, what are some of the other like areas of the body that a mom athlete needs to pay attention to? Yeah, well, I mean, you already hit it, the the okay. wrists and the thumbs. And then um, the other one I see sometimes is the feet because again, you know, they do spread a little bit during pregnancy with the weight, with the relaxing, you know, there's multiple kind of facets there. And so in postpartum, sometimes that's an area where women, especially if they're trying to get back into running or like a high impact, like lots of jumping too quickly, sometimes that can, that can flare up and people are really surprised by that one too. So it's just like anything I try to recommend people ease back into things slowly, you know, work on stability at the core first, because, you know, we can't expect our extremities to be stable if we're not stable in the core first. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Can you just explain to listeners, you've, you mentioned relaxin twice. Can you just kind yeah. of explain what that is? Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Relaxin is the hormone. One of the hormones in our bodies, it's the most common. I mean, there's many others, right? But it's kind of the most like common buzzword that people like know and, and, and know a little bit about that's in the body during pregnancy and then also during breastfeeding. And it just works during pregnancy to help the joints 
stretch out basically to help the ligaments stretch out a little bit so that the baby can pass through the birth canal. But it doesn't just affect the pelvis. It affects actually all of our joints. And so that's one of the things where one of the things that people don't maybe realize and don't understand of why things are a little bit achier afterwards, especially if they're nursing, that's that can be one of the reasons. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for that. So I think kind of because we jump right into it, which I love But kind of to backtrack, (laughs) I'm always interested, Carly, did your interest in helping women like, you know, restore their, their strength and their bodies and get back to sport postpartum, did that start for you once you became a mom or did you specialize in this before too? Yeah, I worked in it before, but I definitely, I think as a lot of moms, this happens my passion like sort of ignited, you know, after I had my first son. So I did, I was passionate about it before and did a lot more in my office with patients. I wasn't doing as much, like I hadn't made my postpartum plan that I use with women now. And I hadn't started this whole, you know, postpartum active wear company. But yeah, once I had my son and then you see like, oh, like we need this, women need this, I need to help with this. And so mm-hmm. all of a sudden there's like all these opportunities and um, it hits so much closer to home, you know? It really does. It's such a crazy, crazy different life stage and it hits you mm-hmm. very fast. And your nine months of pregnancy don't actually prepare you for it. At least it didn't for no. me. <laughs> I remember like very distinctly, I was so concerned in my first pregnancy with like the birth, you know, and I wanted yeah. to make sure... I, you know, had my plan and, you know, or my preferences and I had all these, all these ideas. And I remember very distinctly, as soon as I had my son, like sitting in the, in the bed with him and I was like, oh no, like I was worried about the wrong thing. Like that was like such a little piece. And now I have like a whole lifetime, you know, of raising a kid. I was like, oh boy, this it hit me really hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's also interesting, too, just because I feel like it's something that before you have kids, you think about, like, you know, like, oh, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say with this. But, like, my sisters are are moms, and they were moms before me. And it's like, so I I would listen to their mom life stories and struggles and be (laughs) like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. But it's like, and then when you go through it, then, like, then you really get it. You just really get it. Even something so little as like, you know, my today, my son, my older son is homesick, you know, and I know before I was a mom, I'd be like, oh, yeah, great. Your kid's sick. Like, no, no, that like ruins your whole day. Like every Mm -hmm. plan that you had is now gone. They can't go to school. They can't go to school for like however long if they have a fever. You know, it's like there's little things like that that seem like such a simple sentence. And it's like, no, no, that's a big deal. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Your work schedule is thrown off of it. Like, yeah. They're, they screw up their nap time and sleep time. Yes. So then like yeah. emotions are thrown off. Like everything. Yes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'd love to know more about like your background as an athlete. Every mom is an athlete. You're, you're an athlete, but you also mentioned you were, you know, a, a collegiate athlete. You're big into CrossFit. Can you tell us a little bit about your, your call athletic journey? Yeah. Yeah, of course. So I played volleyball in college. Um, I played you know, all growing up club. And then um, I played at a couple of different schools in college. And I play, well, I shouldn't say I play beach volleyball now because I have not played for like a year because I have a 10 week old baby. But I I kind of trans transferred to beach volleyball after college and played that for quite a while. And then um, I got into CrossFit when I moved to Seattle, which was about 11 
years ago, I think. And my first chiropractic office I worked in was right above a CrossFit gym. And at first I was like, this is great. You know, like these people are right here. They're doing these movements and this stuff that I love. And I was doing, you know, high intensity workouts at the gym, similar to what a CrossFit style workout would be on my own. And so I, I joined there kind of, kind of thinking like, this is a good opportunity for me to find patience, you know? <laughs> yeah. Business. Yeah. And then like fell in love with it and got my L1 and then my L2, which, you know, there's four levels of the, the CrossFit certification. Yeah. And so I've been coaching for about 10 years now and I love it. And, and now I'm a master's athlete. So that's like a whole new ball game, you know, and something that's like, I really, really enjoy and I'm excited for next year to be able to, to compete again and, you know, just not like I'm going anywhere with it, but just to, you know, local competitions and stuff like that. I just really thrive off of pushing myself and, and especially in a sport that is more individual. I've always done team sports. I'm much more of a team player. So, um, it's a different thing for me to push myself and work hard for myself rather than, you know, trying to support a team. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And I think I was, I saw on your Instagram account, I think it was on Instagram, like after your first, so you have two boys, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so after your first, you did get back to, to actually competing CrossFit wise as well. Right. I did. yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I actually did my first weightlifting competition too, which was really fun. And I, you know, obviously didn't set any records, but at, at five, months postpartum. He was six months. I competed in my first weightlifting competition. So that that's was like, I saw. yeah, yeah, just another way to challenge myself. And again, that's like a totally individual sport, you know, like just you and the barbell. And yeah, so that was pretty fun. So we'll see. I don't know. I've been thinking this time. I'm like, okay, what, what different could I do this time that, you know, I could challenge myself with? We'll see. Yeah. So I love, since you went through that in personal experience, we're talking about moms as athletes because of all the the bending over, you know, to the bassinet or lifting up into the car or whatever it might be. But yeah. then there's also, you actually returned in within five months to competitive, like doing a weightlifting competition. What are some of, you know, the the top maybe tips or, I mean, you definitely already mentioned like go slow, but like how can you return to a competitive, to a high level athletics postpartum? Yeah. So there's a couple of things I usually recommend people do. I almost always recommend people check in with a pelvic floor PT. Even if you have a C-section, there's a lot of benefit there. You still carried a baby, you know, pressing down on your pelvic floor for nine months if it didn't come out that way, you know, mm-hmm. or with a sports chiropractor, someone like me who works with postpartum population, just to make sure that everything is moving well. You know, your body, you basically have a new body after giving birth. And so when I have people come into my office as patients, we, you know, we start a whole new patient appointment. Even if I've seen them for years and years, I I schedule more time with them. We do a brand new exam because it's a whole new body, you know? So those are a couple of things that I always recommend people do. And then from there, I have people start off really early on with really simple things. So some breathing exercises, some transverse abdominal engagement, which is one of the big abdominal muscles that kind of wraps around the front of our abdomen and actually helps to push the baby out. So I have people start with some really simple stuff, you know, even as soon as a couple days after an uncomplicated birth, just to reconnect with their body, to reconnect their breathing. After that baby's been in there, you know, it presses up into the diaphragm and we see a lot of lack of endurance of the diaphragm. And so 
just starting that deep belly breathing and getting that diaphragm to be able to expand and contract how we want it to can also be really helpful. And then from there, it's just like any kind of, you know, training, it's it's progressive overload, you know, so you have to start much slower postpartum with some of these things. But but then going through a plan, like I mentioned, I have a eight week postpartum restoration plan that is it's a it's four days a week. It's like 20 minutes a day, some kind of plan like that. I almost always recommend. And of course, you can be working out alongside that in a modified way. But then once you get through some kind of rehab plan, then I think is where you can start to transition into more of whatever other activity it is you do, whether it's running or cycling or lifting, but starting off slow, but starting off slow doesn't mean doing nothing for six weeks, because I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make is they wait to get cleared at six weeks. Well, you can be doing breathing exercises. You can be doing glute bridges. You can be doing all kinds of simple, you know, easy quote unquote, easy things before that six weeks that that are going to help with your rehab and don't necessarily qualify as like needing to be cleared for exercise, you know? Right, right. I think I did that. I did breathing exercises. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, it wasn't a big deal either. It wasn't like I had to like, dedicate like I was doing some breathing exercises in the shower or just like, yeah, I don't know when I was like, just losing my mind and just laid down on the floor to cry for a minute. And then I was yes. like, okay, let me do my breathing exercises. Like, yeah. you know, it, it didn't have to be this like intentional exercise thing, but there I was doing breathing exercises. And I think that was helpful. I don't know when I started, but I was doing that early on. So I think that's great advice. Yeah. And some people like doing it that way, right? Like just kind of tying them in whenever they feel like it. Some people like having, even if it's, you know, even if it's not your normal exercise routine, having like, okay, here's three things, you know, you know, your abdominal breathing, let's say like some transverse abdominal engagement and some glute bridges, and you're going to do, you know, three rounds of however many, and this is what you're going to do four times a week. And then they have it's like they have a plan, you know, they can feel yeah. like there's something for them. They're working towards something. So I, as long as people are, are, are moving and breathing and like feeling like they can reconnect with their, their core and their breath, then, then that's kind of the best place to start. Yeah. So your eight week postpartum restoration plan that you have for up for sale, it's online, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So people can purchase it whenever they want to and access it. When do you recommend that somebody start that once they're cleared by their doctor? No, I mean, I recommend um, a lot of people reach out to me about this. And my general answer is that if you have an uncomplicated birth, which means you have very minimal tearing vaginal birth, whether or not you use drugs or not, you can start within three, four days, okay. you know, as soon as you're feeling ready. I also recommend people don't like try to force themselves into that. Like if they feel like, because I also believe very strongly in like that kind of lying in period of being just with the baby in the bed, if that's what you want to do for a few days or however long after birth. So some people start, you know, one, two, three weeks after. And then with a C-section, actually, I had a C-section. My second son was breech. I tried all everything you can imagine, um, <laughs> including two failed versions to try to get him flipped. Uh, he did not flip. So mm -hmm. I had a plan C section and I'm, I'm actually really grateful for it because I have a better understanding now of C section recovery and what that looks like. And 
So I do recommend for C-sections, it's a, it's a little bit later. It's like at two weeks yeah. point is when I usually recommend people start just because you're recovering from abdominal surgery. So you can be laying in the bed and doing some breathing exercises for sure. But, you know, to actually start that plan, it's a couple weeks usually I recommend. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's refreshing to hear you say that this can be started sooner because it's all about like, how, how are you feeling? And first mm-hmm. and foremost, but maybe the sooner we start some of these little things, the better we recover. I also just want to add in there though, like, cause for me, I, I think in my head, I, I had the slow and steady approach, but I was still surprised at such a simple thing, like going out on walks. I envisioned myself mm-hmm. being able to go out on a stroller walk pretty soon. Cause in my head, I did not consider a walk exercise. So I was right. like, hopefully I can go out on stroller walks, you know, at week one, week two, whatever. And I was not healed yet. So I just feel like sharing that to listeners. It took me, I don't know. I think, I think by week four, I gave up on even thinking this and I just had to mentally say, you know what, Lindsay, that's okay. So I think it was somewhere maybe around week like nine that I finally mm-hmm. could comfortably go out on, on walks, a simple walk. I was not comfortable going out on a walk for nine. Isn't it wild? Yeah. My first son, um, I, it was a vaginal birth and I, same exact thing. Like I was actually doing my rehab. I was doing some like kind of like where you kneel and then just kind of hinge back, like kind of sort of like a squat, but not, you know, and some glute bridges, some kind of side planks from the knees. Anyways, I was like, these feel fine. I feel great. And then I went out for a walk. This was at probably like two weeks. And I like walked down the block and like turned around and went right back. I was like, nope, not ready yet. So it's Mm -hmm. just wild what, what feels good and what doesn't. So I always try to recommend, you know, people listen to that and not feel like they have to force themselves. Like you're saying, you know, like, oh, I should be ready. I should be ready. Like there's no should be like everyone Mm -hmm. is so different. And and it's wild even the second time with the with the C-section, I actually feel felt much better like squatting. Interesting. I was squatting with weight much sooner, but my pelvic floor was nicely intact, right? So right. it was just like a different like I had some scar pain, but so it's just every birth is different, every person is different and each each thing has to be, you know, evaluated on its own thing, not, you know, not looking even back at a, at a birth you had previously because it's just going to be crazy different. Right. Right. Yeah. That's really good. Okay, fans, I'm going to pause this conversation to let you ladies know about the Rise Up Nutrition Coaching Program. We have a lot of ways that we can help clients here at Rise Up Nutrition. And this is one of two amazing opportunities to get the direct help you need. With our team of sports dietitians, this program helps adult female athletes Fuel to perform without strict dieting. Ah, how good does that sound? Finally, you will understand nutrition for day-to-day training. Eat intuitively with foods that you love and be race day or competition day ready with energy and confidence. We have more details about what's included and how we can help on our website, riseupnutritionrun.com slash group coaching. Links are in the show notes but I quickly want to share what a few of our clients have said about their experiences in this program so far. Sophie, a trail runner says, quote, I really encourage anyone who has struggled with eating and lives an active lifestyle to consider this program because it's so hard to know if you're fueling properly without someone on the outside looking in from an objective point of view. 
I now feel confident in my food choices and more than anything, confident that I can actually eat more and that it will only benefit my health and my training. Sarah, another one of our clients and triathlete says, quote, for anyone that is struggling with diet culture, a history of disordered eating, and is trying to learn how to eat and fuel, this is a program they should strongly consider. I've been active my whole life and trying to fit a mainstream diet has never worked. In fact, it's created more problems than good. Working with Rise Up Nutrition has made things very simple. So again, if you are an adult female athlete that wants to perform better without strict dieting, click that link in our show notes to apply to the Rise Up Nutrition Coaching Program, and we would be thrilled to have you join us. Until then, we will get back to the conversation. I was wondering too, like, it sounds like what you do to me, I hope nobody on either side of this fence takes offense to this, but it sounds like what you do to me in my knowledge, I'm like, well, it sounds very similar to maybe what a physical therapist might do postpartum. Can you explain kind of some differences between a physical therapist and a chiropractor, whether specific to your field or just more generally? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely depends on the type of chiropractor or physical therapist that you're, that you're looking into. Mm-hmm. The type of chiropractic I do is, is called sports chiropractic. And so it, it much more looks like physical therapy. Actually, we spend longer with the patient. We do a lot of manual work. So a lot of muscle work. Uh, we do a lot of rehab and we just operate on the understanding that, you know, the muscles, the ligaments, the joints, the bones are all connected and you can't just focus in on the on the bones without addressing the whole system and giving the person some exercises and some some rehab to basically take care of the problem so that it doesn't just keep coming back over and over and you're back in our office, you know, every week for the rest of your life. Like that's not what we want. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so there's just some differences like that, especially when people are looking pregnancy or postpartum. I recommend people look for what's called Webster technique um, is a really well-known chiropractic technique that is lighter force and really is designed to help just create as much room in the pelvis so that the baby can get into a good position. So you can imagine if like one hip is rotated forward, one is back, then that might be, that might lead the baby to like lean to one side or be turned in a weird way. And so it's just trying to like get the baby in a good position so they can be head down so that things can be as uncomplicated as possible. So that's one thing I usually recommend people look for during pregnancy, especially. But yeah, chiropractic. I just totally and- had a light bulb moment. Oh yeah, my yeah. Towards the later half of my pregnancy, that third trimester, I knew that Gabe was sitting on my left side. I could feel it. Yeah. He was on my left side. My left like my left leg hurt. I could feel that's where the weight was. Also, during delivery, we had an issue because I wasn't dilating because he wasn't like in the center. So Mm. like he wasn't, he was on my left side, all my pain. It was like, I had the, I did get an epidural and I sort of only worked on my right side. (laughs) All the pain on my left side. Anyways, I had this huge light bulb because you were just saying like, if you're, you know, if your pelvis maybe isn't quite lined up exactly. And I've always had a slight, I'm going to say it wrong, but like when, whenever I've had physical therapists look at me, it's like one leg, like my pelvis is yeah. like slightly tilted, right? If that's mm-hmm. always been the case for me. So th- I don't know. I just had a huge light bulb moment that I was like, that's probably why Gabe was on my left side. Yeah. And, and some people have that right before even getting pregnant, like you're mentioning, and then it gets accentuated because of the weight, because of the baby, because of the 
the ligaments relaxing and all that stuff. So yeah, but that it's also something you can look at in postpartum at, you know, rehabbing specifically to try and keep that, keep everything around your pelvis strong to help so that that hip doesn't rotate forward or backwards. Literally today I got up from my seat and like my, my left hip and then my left leg therefore was like, Oh my God, I can't like walk right now. So I'm still having this issue. I need to look yeah. into this. So Webster, yes. Webster <laughs> technique I need to look into. Webster is the one, yeah, that um, is during pregnancy mostly, but but usually people who do postpartum work also do, uh, as chiropractors, okay. do Webster too. So, yeah. Okay. But I would look for a sports chiropractor usually is what I recommend because they can do, it varies state to state, but one of the differences between chiropractors and physical therapists is that in many places, physical therapists can't adjust you know, the joints, right? And so that's why if you find a sports chiropractor, they can adjust the joint and then they can do a lot of the re the recovery rehab stuff too. So um, that varies by state to state. Some states PTs can also adjust, you know, it's, it just depends, but yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting how these things vary by state, but yeah, it's (laughs) it's wild, right? Especially now, nowadays. I mean, definitely the last like five years, and especially with you know, virtual consultations and telehealth mm-hmm. type stuff. It's like crazy that this isn't just the same. But yeah, some states physical therapists can't do adjustments. And that's why we have chiropractors to do that. Right. So yeah. mm, super interesting. Yeah. So okay, shifting gears, <laughs> your chiropractor. And by the way, you own your practice? I do with a partner. Yes. Okay. So you co-own your practice. And so you but you are you're just kind of that entrepreneur businesswoman because you have another <laughs> company, Jen and Carrie. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So Jen and Carrie started, well, first of all, it's my partner's name is Jess and my name is Carly. And we named the company Jen and Carrie because no one ever gets our names right. And people call her Jen and they call me Carrie, like notoriously. And so we were like, Jen and Carrie, they sound like your cool mom friends that like, you know, have all this like mom knowledge and you just want to hang out with them. So that's where the name Jen and Carrie came from. But we've almost perpetuated the problem now because now we get emails and it's like addressed to Jen and Carrie and we're like, right. Well, I guess we did that to ourselves, right? <laughs> well, I know. Um, I did the same thing. I was yeah. like, but it's Carly. So who's Carrie? <laughs> yeah, I know. So we started it after my the birth of my first son. And she was over at my house. And I was complaining because I was just getting back uh, to working out. I think it was like around four or five months postpartum. And I was in the gym. And I was complaining about the sports bras and the nursing bras. And I hate the big clips. I like just detest them. They get in the way, they pop open, they dig into your skin. And really, they advertise to the world like, hello, look at my nursing bra, you know, which is fine. I'm proud to be a nursing mom, but like, I really wanted this like hour of time where I could go to the gym and just be an athlete and like do the class with all the rest of the class and just like be myself, you know? And so it led to us kind of doing this hunt for this bra that didn't exist and eventually creating it. So the bra that we have now, it has no no clips, no buttons, no zippers, no Velcro. It basically, it looks like a normal sports bra and then it it pulls up and then kind of has a layer that pulls down on the inside. So 
it's pretty fun because we have some friends who aren't moms that we had try it on and, you know, jump around in it and stuff. And they were like, it looks just like a normal bra. And we were like, yes, that's what we want. Like, you don't even know that you just said exactly what we wanted to hear, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, and we designed it. We did a lot of rounds of design to make sure that it was good for high impact activity so that, you know, women with larger breasts than they're used to would feel comfortable running and jumping and, and doing all the stuff that they wanted to do in it. So, We're, you know, we're looking forward to developing more products too. We have a couple coming down the line, but right now we're just trying to get that one out there and, and support women in any way that we can into getting back into the activities that they want to get into, you know, and really to empower them to feel like themselves. That's, that's really our goal. So however we can do that, that's my goal. You know, I do it in my clinic with patients. I do it with my postpartum plan. And now we're doing it with this company of, you know, designing active wear to just get women back to doing what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful for it. I'm super excited because mine just came in the mail today. Oh, good. Like, yeah, I checked the mail like 20 minutes before our scheduled time. So it just came yeah. in. So I'm really excited to wear it and try it out. But it is, it's, it's really true. Like, I think that I, before having Gabe, I bought like one nursing sports bra and then like one regular nursing bra just because it's like you don't, I didn't really know what I was going to need. I figured I would need it, but I didn't know, you know, and then your body shape changes. So then it's this constant like need to buy new things all the time, mm-hmm. right? Like, I feel like the last five months, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just buying new things all the time. Like baby shower Constant, was nice yeah. and everything, but like, why <laughs> need more things constantly? And there's so much trial and error, unfortunately, too. Like I bought, even just with shirts, like I bought these shirts, nursing shirts. And in the end, I'm like, you know what? I'm better off just wearing a big baggy t-shirt or mm-hmm. the nursing bras have been difficult. And with the sports bras too, it's like, in theory, you're thinking, well, like, just wear a regular sports bra while you work out. Well, no, because you probably had to feed the baby right before or right after, or like, where Mm -hmm. are you going somewhere with the baby? And it just, and again, your shape has changed. And so there's, there is such a need for it. And I'm really excited because I actually hadn't really found a great nursing sports bra myself. Uh, I have a few and I'm kind of like, meh. I know. Well, that's exactly right. Like that's how I felt. And so the, this one that we've designed, we usually tell people you can wear. It's funny because I can actually wear a, like a small, a medium and a large. And like for high impact activity, activity, I wear a medium, but like I don't want to wear that medium all day, you know, because it's just like it's a little too tight, but I can totally wear a large all day. And but I couldn't jump around in it. I couldn't go for a run in it, you know. And then like prior to getting pregnant, I could wear a small and early on in my pregnancy, I could wear a small. Um, I definitely couldn't wear a small right now because I'm still nursing also. So it's interesting. We are, we're designing one that you can wear all day, more of a, like a medium impact, but the same reason, right? We were like, we want something that is like women can wear to work out and then like immediately feed their baby, you know, and not yeah. have to worry about like trying to get out of this like wet, nasty sports. It's like the worst. Yeah. While you have a screaming baby too. Like, yeah. And they're hungry and you're like, you know, so, yeah. So yeah, it's been an interesting journey just to like, you know, see how that's working and just to hear some people's stories. Like we had a mom who 
tandem fed her two twins, like right after a race, you know, like a 10 K. And I was like, you are like a superhero. But like, we were so happy to be able to help like facilitate that, like at the finish line, basically, she's like tandem feeding two babies. Awesome. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. There's been some cool stories like that. So yeah. Well, thank you so much for, you know, helping, you know, figure out what women really need for this phase of their life, both with physical things like an appropriate, appropriate active wear, as well as the, the more personal things like, you know, figuring out how to rehab and strengthen their body and everything. I'm trying to, I'm like brainstorming. I don't know if you're willing to share what other things you have in mind, but I'm just thinking myself, like I did, I needed to buy a whole new wardrobe. Like I needed, I needed new shorts and I'm, I yeah. really embraced the high waisted style during this totally. time in my life. And I really appreciate yes. it. <laughs> I know. I'm so happy. It's so popular right now. I'm yeah. like, please never go away because it really just helps to hold everything in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I really, I don't think I've really had too many high waisted clothing items before, even though they were coming into style, but especially not active wear. And then yeah. yeah, I had to run out. I was like starting to do some workouts again. I was like, well, I need, I need new shorts. I need new, <laughs> you just need new stuff all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and eventually we'd love to go down that road of, you know, pants, shorts, underwear, all that kind of stuff that can be, you know, I think there's a way to do it where it can be really useful postpartum and you can continue to wear it. Like with our high impact bra, we've had multiple people say that they'll they'll keep wearing it, you know, because you can't tell it's a nursing you bra. Can't. So you can just keep wearing it. If you're not nursing, it's fine, you know, so which yeah. which makes sense, you know, when you buy something like you're saying, you know, you spend money on something, you want to be able to use it long term and not just I, I don't like just throwing things out, you know, so I think there's a way to do it. And we're going to work on that eventually. But you know, it's a it's a long road. So we'll see what we can come up with. Yeah, no, I like that idea. Because, you know, especially even with nursing, you know, I'm grateful to still be nursing. But there's like, who knows if my supply drops in two weeks, and I can't anymore, you know, so Right. Which has actually held me back from buying new things. Cause I'm like, well, what if I don't need it for that long? Which is, you know, right. crazy, but yeah, you, you want to No, I'm super excited. They're beautiful. They look beautiful. They feel nice. Oh, so I'm going to get a workout in hopefully tomorrow yes. and try Great. it. And I'm super excited. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Well, Carly, thank you so much for having this conversation for supporting mom athletes everywhere in your local clinic, but also with all of your resources online, your postpartum restoration plan, the active wear, the sports bras, where can people get in touch with you and follow along? Yeah. So, um, on Instagram is probably the easiest. I'm at Dr. Carly. Uh, it's K A R L I E. And then also Jen and Carrie, J E N and K E R I. And then same thing, Jen and is where the bras are. And we have, we're trying to do more and more um, blog posts and like helpful things there too. So we're still, you know, building that up more and more, but there's some good blog posts about postpartum rehab stuff there. And my website is carlycausey.com. So any of those places. 
Awesome. You know, it literally just hit me as I'm like wrapping this episode up. Sometimes I forget that I'm the host of a nutrition podcast because I was just like <laughs> so into this conversation. I did not ask you one nutrition question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's okay. We'll have to, maybe we'll have to chat again. We can talk about nutrition. <laughs> oh, it's too funny. Well, I do always add some fun questions at the end and one of them is food related. So we can yes. dive into it a little bit. Yeah. These are just my fun kind of wrap up questions. Carly, if you could eat one food every single day for the rest of your life and never get sick of it, what would it be? Okay. So I've listened to your podcast, quite a few of them, and I have been like hemming and hawing over this because I'm like, okay, is it like the thing I think is most delicious? Is it something that's supposed to sustain me for my whole life? Like, so I've thought way too much about this. So anyways, my answer is, and I, even last night, my husband, I was like, okay, what do you think my answer is? (laughs) My answer is a breakfast burrito because I, I never think I could get sick of a breakfast burrito. And I could be sustained by it probably for my whole life with the veggies and the proteins and the fats, you know? Mm-hmm. So so I think that's my answer with like eggs and sausage and a bunch of veggies and cheese and stuff. I love it. Yeah. No, yeah. that's a good I'm so glad you put thought into this. It has yeah. to be I have to love it, but it has to sustain me. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I can't just say like chocolate or like raspberries, you know, like, like, that's not going to keep me alive. And I was like, my husband's like, I don't think this is like a real question. You're really thinking too hard about this. <sighs> I've thought long, seeing as I ask everyone else about it, I've thought long and hard about it myself too. And I, I still like, I have some answers, but it's, it's a hard one. So yeah. What's your answer? Well, it's this, it's kind of stupid, but, um, <laughs> It's going to start with being coffee um, because, oh, yeah, yeah. like, well, I already do that and I, I love it and it does not sustain me as fuel. No, but like, right. It really does. Uh, <laughs> sustains you in up. many other ways. <laughs> sustains me in many other ways. And also yep. then like, I truly love the flavor of coffee. So like my favorite, like ice cream is going to be coffee flavored ice cream. Like I just, I love, okay. I love coffee things, the coffee, everything, <laughs> but no, I, I honest. And then like the, my other answer, I don't know if I've shared this before. Cause I feel like other guests like have, we have talked about this, but my other answer is it's too vague and I need to narrow it down. But I love like lunchtime. I love soup, salad, sandwich combos. Like I could Ooh, just, yeah. that's, I could eat that all the time. Just a soup, salad, yeah. sandwich combo. Yes. I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> I know. I know. That's what I do to people. (laughs) Well, I'll ask here our follow-up questions, still not directly nutrition related, but what's your favorite sport to participate in? It feels like cliche saying it now, but I think now it would be CrossFit as a, as a sport, either as an individual or as a team. I think that would be my favorite to participate in for sure. And how about as a spectator? As a spectator, I will definitely be beach volleyball and One of the reasons, I mean, I worked with professional beach volleyball in the past and they are just amazing athletes. It's a college sport, women's sport now, which it wasn't when I was in college. So that's been really cool because the the level of play and these girls are just amazing. And I, especially women's beach volleyball, I love the men's game too, but it's different. You know, the women are just, I don't know, they are so athletic and so fast and so like tricky, you know, so... Mm -hmm. That's for sure my favorite to watch. It's actually one of my top spectator sports as well as volleyball and beach volleyball. I think they're, yes. they're too, it's crazy how different the two sports are though. 
Oh, so different. I don't hardly watch any indoor beach Mm -hmm. or any any indoor volleyball anymore. But also beach volleyball is like outside and you can like have a beer and like it's just the best environment. The fans and the crowd are always like so fun and into it. And so there's it's really fun. Yeah. We're, you're in Oregon now, but where did you grow up? I'm in Seattle, actually, but um, oh, I grew up in Alaska. That's okay. I grew up in Alaska. I was born and raised there, so there wasn't much beach volleyball there, obviously. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So do they have it in Seattle? Do they have much beach volleyball? Yeah, we live in West Seattle, so there is a beach here. Um, and then there's a couple other, you know, kind of areas around that have beaches and um, places like actually in Oregon, too. I learned to play beach volleyball in Oregon at like just a beach court that was set up at a bar, you know, not anywhere near a real beach. And then there are some indoor sand facilities now too here and in Oregon also. Yeah. Which is really cool because then not only do beach volleyball players train there, but they bring, you know, other high school, college athletes will go and train on the sand too. Cause it's just such a great, you know, way Mm -hmm. to build some strength. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You just bringing me back to my days in Florida when I, yeah, when I would, uh, I'm not a volleyball player, but you just, that's what you do. You just on the weekend, you go to the beach and you find a pickup game and I figured it out and it was really fun. So yeah, it's so fun. Yeah. So Carly, if there's a female athlete out there that you want to give a shout out to, whether professional or someone in your local community or personal life, who would that be and why? Yeah, I thought way too hard about this one too, you know, because I'm like, who is like, you know, we, we support moms and we just like love the mom athlete, entrepreneur, you know, all those kind of qualities in, in an athlete, I guess. I think the one I have to go with is, is sort of an old school one. It's, uh, Gabby Reese. Do you know who she is? She's like one of the, first kind of really famous beach volleyball players. She's a mom. She has, you know, she's just like always still learning and like putting stuff out there. And she's just an amazing athlete. And of course I wanted to be her, you know, when I was a kid and then I grew to be five, seven and not six, two or whatever she is. So, but yeah, she's an amazing player. So I think she is one of the ones that I look to, to, you know, as a mom, as an entrepreneur, as an athlete, and just really admire. Amazing. So shout out to Gabby Reese. I will have to follow along with her. And I hope that all of our listeners follow along with you as well. This has been incredibly helpful. And I love how you are helping moms, female athletes. Uh, We appreciate everything you do. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really hope you enjoyed that episode and thanks for listening. But before I let you go, I have free resources that you can have access to right away, right now, so that you can start fueling your body as a fierce, fit, and fueled female athlete. First, I have your Red S recovery race. If you've ever wondered if you might be struggling with Red S, curious to learn more, or know you have Red S and are looking to recover fast, then you can head to www.riseupnutritionrun.com slash red S and download the red S recovery race. See how you place and figure out the next steps to recovery. Plus while there, I have a few other great resources for you, including three nutrition secrets that every elite athlete swears by and access to a private Facebook community, female athlete nutrition. So again, to gain access to all of this, head to riseupnutritionrun.com slash red S. 
That's backslash R-E-D-S. And you can gain access and get the help you need fast. Too many girls and women and female athletes struggle with nutrition, but you don't have to any longer. Become Fierce Fit and Fueled. Links in the show notes, and I'll see you next time.